what I did is that I did one lesson per week. And in between lessons, uh, people would send in their questions and I would build the materials based on what people wanted to learn. So it was a very different way to sort of build the beta curriculum, let's just say. And then once that was done, then I really took a couple of months just to a little less than that because I'm a little intense, but let's just say a couple of months uh, to go through everything and then build the big curriculum that I eventually launched that you experienced. But it was very much through a serious amount of feedback from those early users that went through the journey. And I think that that's what made it special because you know, there's so much information out there, right? But I want to teach what people want to learn and what, and then I can take that and we do a lot of tracking and data and surveys to see how are people progressing? Where are they getting stuck? And that's what I find myself now on the revision of the big thing, but I built it in basically those two stages. Welcome to Scale Your Course. If designing and delivering a scalable course has got you feeling overworked, overwhelmed, and just plain tapped out, you're not alone. I'm Tracy Sheriff, and in this podcast, you'll listen to a combination of solo episodes and powerhouse interviews, where we'll share tips, strategies, and insider insights into how you can successfully design and deliver a scalable course. Prepare to reach your next level business goals without compromising your health and wealth with the Scale Your Course podcast. Welcome to another episode of Skill Your Course. Today, I invite back Juliana Lehman. She is the founder of Naturally Joyous, Inc. She is a board-certified functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner who specializes in empowering women transitioning through menopause with mindset support to optimize their weight release efforts. She is the author of the bestseller book, Release, A Woman's Guide to Releasing Weight in Midlife Through Becoming Your Body's Best Friend, and the creator of The Reliefs Method. Just a little plug, I actually have a little testimonial on the back cover of this book, and it was actually a big milestone moment for me last year to be asked as someone who was previously in Juliana's program to actually give this type of testimonial. Super proud of that. Her journey of overcoming many health issues, including a spinal surgery in 2012 and persistent weight struggles drives her passion and mission to change the weight loss conversation in midlife so that women can age gracefully by becoming the leaders of their own health. Juliana hosts the Confidence From Within podcast. She's been a guest on several podcasts and has been featured on Rogers TV, City News Everywhere, and Thrive Global. She lives in the greater Toronto area with her husband. This is such a fun episode to listen to. The conversation that I have with Juliana about her weight release program kind of touches base on where she started her program, but where she is now refining and revamping her program. She really takes us on a journey inside of her process, what she was thinking about, why she's making some of the changes she's making, what she's learned about the process, what she might do differently. But most importantly, she really celebrates the growth of her program. And although maybe she took a little bit more time to do the refinement work than she might have liked, 
she's actually really ready to put this program out there in the world in a bigger, bolder, braver way. So I'm super pumped. This was such a lighthearted conversation. It's so easy to talk to Juliana and having that insight, being someone who's participated in her program, really allowed this conversation to just naturally evolve. You're going to get so much value. There's going to be some things that are going to have you thinking maybe a little bit differently about the way you either put your program out into the world or maybe the way that you refine your program. Either way, please take a listen. You won't regret it. Without further ado, here is my interview with Juliana. Juliana, it is so great to have you on the podcast again. Thank you so much, Tracy. I'm very excited to be back with some updates. Oh my gosh. I've been watching you on social media and certainly continue to remain connected to you in your Facebook group. And I'm just amazed with how much you've accomplished over this past year, the (laughs) release of your book. And now you've got this big revision to your program. So yeah, just an amazing opportunity, I think, for us to talk about your program, what you've done with it, why you've done what you've done and, and how you went about it and really just sort of share that process of revisions of, you know, something that I think was already a really awesome program to begin with. So I'm really excited. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I can say that having experienced it myself, been on the inside of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't been on the inside of the new changes yet, but I'm looking forward to diving in. I'm actually thinking that I have some time off next week. So I'm hoping I'm going to be able to carve uh, aside some time for that. But in the meantime, I'm sure you're going to get me excited to uh, take (laughs) that leap because you're going to be sharing with me and everyone listening what to expect on the inside. So let's start with a little history lesson. So for those of you who don't know you, um, why don't you just introduce yourself briefly and then talk a little bit about your program, how it got started, and then we'll talk more about where it is now and, and what you have in store for everybody. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Tracy. So my program is called The Weight Release Shift. And my training comes very much from the academical side, and I'm a board-certified functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. And over the last several years, I became really passionate about human behavior and really understanding how the mind works, how we make choices. Because if you look at, you know, on a more generic side, the way laws industry. There's a lot of strategy, a lot of do this, do that, and tactics. But I have recognized being in this industry for almost, well, over a decade now, that the problem isn't lack of knowledge, at least not for the women that I work with. The problem is more the competition for priorities with very busy lives and staying on track and really cracking the code of how to reprioritize ourselves when we have an infinite to-do list, right? Um, So really the evolution that I've been on my personal and professional life over the last like five to seven years has really been to pair up all the science knowledge, the hormonal knowledge with this mindset, human behavior, and how we make choices, other side of things, and putting the two together into what now I call my weight release methodology. Yeah, I mean, for me, I just heard you say, you know, maybe a little bit of oversaturation of knowledge in the in the industry or for for women 
being somebody though, who's been inside your program, I can tell you that nobody teaches the way that you do. The information Mm -hmm. that you choose to present is so intentional and the way you present it and the amount of examples that you give and opportunities that you use to engage your community in those conversations. I think, you know, I learned a ton is what I want to say. So as much knowledge Mm -hmm. as there is out there, there's, it's so nice to actually be led through because you've already done all the sifting of all the stuff yes. that <laughs> can maybe be left behind that while interesting, it's not necessarily important. And so I think that's why people invest in programs like yours, whether yeah. that's through the health industry or any other industry is because we can go on YouTube and we can read a ton of blog posts and articles off the internet. But to put it all together into a framework that makes sense and is very actionable and very, what's the word I'm looking for? Very doable, I guess, is what I want to yeah. say. Um, that's that's super valuable. So, yeah. So thank you for, for doing the hard work and the heavy lifting <laughs> for people like myself. Yes. I honestly just want to, I think one of my... I don't know, like secret sauces, maybe that's what my husband calls it. There's maybe a better term for that, but uh, is my, I, I do have a capacity to sift through a very vast amount of information very quickly and distill what I think is most important. And I know this is a bit of a tangent, but I think it's actually part of my human design because I really learned through trial and error. So I teach through understanding where people usually, you know, trip in the road. And I kind of give you the heads up that this could be the way Therefore, let's go in this different direction. And it's, it's always been, even from my corporate years, when I did a lot of corporate training, I've always taught from this perspective of saving you time. I already done the trial and error <laughs> for you and curated really, I think is the word I will use a very vast amount of courses, degrees, and 17 plus years of research and learning into what is most actionable today using my strategic brain from corporate and then combining with the softer side of just really loving the women that I attract and that I work with. And I think it just becomes like this very interesting mixture. And I'm happy to hear your feedback in terms of how it translates as a, as a good learning experience. Yeah. And I would say you use the word loving and I think your community as a whole, that's sort of the, well, that is the, the feeling that you get in there is that it's very supportive and it's just a really safe place to hang out, especially when oh. you're sometimes exposing things about yeah. yourself that feel a little bit vulnerable or oh, maybe really. a lot vul- vulnerable. <laughs> so thank you. Yes, my pleasure. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about the program itself, like where you started with it. What made you actually decide to go through this revision process? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll give you like a mini sort of like historical, <laughs> um, like, I don't know, like timeline, I guess. Uh, so really when I launched the program, it, one of the things that I've always known is that I wanted to switch and that really happened like late 2020 into 2021. I wanted to really switch to this small container, very intentional learning environment, because I think for the type of work that is required in a way to release a journey is so deep. And, you know, it is not something that we just do it overnight and that I really wanted to add a community component to it and pandemic and all the things we know, 
it was the perfect opportunity. Let's put it that way. So I closed the 101 clinic doors that I was, um, in a way, dedicating all of my time to late 2020. I really started doing a lot of market research. So that's really how I started. And my goal was to speak to at least 50 women. And I think I spoke to over 60 women back then uh, through Zoom, anywhere from, I think somebody was in Africa, like all continents. <laughs> I could really talk to a lot of people. People kept referring me to. It was a beautiful project. And I wrote about in the media, like I've been interviewed about that. It was a very special moment. And the job of that, those interviews was to really listen to women and understand what are you looking for? What is missing? And I think that is, I'm just mentioning that again, because I think a lot of times uh, when people are building courses, they build something that they want <laughs> to put up in the world may not necessarily be what the gap is or what the audience is looking for, right? And I know market research is super hard, totally. It was hard for me too, but it was so insanely valuable that I did want to kind of put it in there. But from there, what I decided to do is to pre-sell the program before building it. First of all, to see is there a need for that? But also when I did pre-sell enough spots to at least run like a pilot version before making it pretty and, you know, in the nice portal that I have now, what I did is that I did one lesson per week. And in between lessons, uh, people would send in their questions and I would build the materials based on what people wanted to learn. So it was a very different way to sort of build the beta curriculum, let's just say. And then once that was done, then I really took a couple of months just to a little less than that because I'm a little intense, but let's just say a couple of months uh, to go through everything and then build the big curriculum that I eventually launched that you experienced. But it was very much through a serious amount of feedback from those early users that went through the journey. And I think that that's what made it special because you know, there's so much information out there, right? But I want to teach what people want to learn and what, and then I can take that and we do a lot of tracking and data and surveys to see how are people progressing? Where are they getting stuck? And that's what I find myself now on the revision of the big thing, but I built it in basically those two stages. Yeah. Your process. We talked about that on a previous episode, which yes. I can't remember right now what the episode number is, but we'll link it below. And I think one of the things, well, I shouldn't say I think, I know one of the things that most impressed me about you was the time that you took to do that market research and really synthesize, like you said, already like curating various pieces of information, but doing it in response to your audience and your the women that you really wanted to support. So I, I agree with you. I think I'm even guilty of this with my courses is market research does take time, like good, solid market research. And if I think about, you know, you have an academic background and I have an academic background and I think about, you know, data analysis when you're doing your capstones yes. or your thesis <laughs> and your, you know, your research and you're gathering information and really like teasing it out and pulling it apart. I remember you sharing about all of your post-it notes and papers and everything like spread <laughs> yes. all out. It, you know, much, much more of a process than I think most of us go through. And, you know, you probably went the distance, meaning people could probably go halfway and still, you know, get there. 
Um, but I definitely think the emphasis on that at the outset, the planning, the, the thinking and the planning before you even launched that loose beta, I call yeah. it a loose, I don't know why I called it a loose beta, <laughs> but the beta, you already had invested so much time and energy yeah. and it probably paid off in ways that you will never really know for sure, but yeah. I can appreciate that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So you created this great program. And I know, like I said, it was great. I've been in there. I There was a lot of wins that I had with it. So and the way that you set it up was pretty intentional. You had, you know, your mindset work, you had your teachings, and then you had actions for us every single week. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know what made you decide that you needed to make some changes and then maybe you can lead into what some of those changes are. Absolutely. So I'd say the first thing that I wanted to mention too, um, that I kind of forgot to include on the previous recap is that before this big change that is happening right now, so anybody coming into the program now will only see the new version, right? But for the last like year or so, I really decided And I think it's because I'm a practitioner first, (laughs) you know, marketer, all those things are like, you know, a little secondary to my skill set, right? So until I felt the program was as good as I think it could possibly be, I really wanted to gather data and really pay attention to the user experience before going out and really scaling and putting in the resources on marketing and so on, which is what's going to happen now in 2023 for me. But one of the things I did do is what I call little band-aid fixes. So there are a couple of things that as my knowledge grew, because I very intensely grew my knowledge base in human behavior in the last two years, I was kind of adding little things to it. So I'd done those (laughs) band-aid, you know, little improvements throughout. But the reason that I decided to do a massive revamp now, and the revamp is adding a little bit of new science that has, you know, become available, yes, but it's mostly in terms of how it's organized. So I'm reshooting every single video, redoing every single handout and slide, updating the branding a little bit, which I know is not a big deal. I just like a beautiful experience. So that's also, I, I think it's just, let's do it all at once. But most importantly, I'm up- upgrading the experience of everybody going through the program. That is really where the most, I'll say, effort and thought and thinking has taken place. Because the problem, I will use the word problem from before, is that it was a very long program. And we are able to measure on the back end. I use Kajabi. So we have quite a bit of data in terms of seeing where people are logging in, where they're getting stuck, how much other lessons they completed. And by the time that they got to say week seven and eight out of 12, that's kind of like where they're going to get stuck a little bit. And that's what we noticed. And through some of the in surveys in and out of the program and talking to members that gone through the program, it felt like at that point, the science got a little heavy with the hormonal work and so on. Um, and the end of the program was really the practical making this last, you know, lifelong skill type of thing, but they were not reaching that place. And that's really important for me because I want this to be a lifelong experience, not just a, a 10 week experience. So I was very much thinking, okay, if that piece that is the sustainability of the program 
people are not really reaching? Is this too long? Like just really looking at the data and analyzing why are people getting stuck on week eight and what does that look like? So that was really the catalyst for me deciding now was the time to do a major revamp. So have you shortened the program then? Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh So I shortened it to nine weeks now. However, um, more than shorten it, what I done is that I broken down the 12 weeks into now three milestones. So I started thinking 12, we think three. And within each milestone, there's three sub steps, let's put it that way. And this revamping has helped because now people are clear that milestone one is when we're really working on that foundation and cleaning house and getting things like shaking things off. Milestone two is when we focus specifically on the release of excess body fat. And milestone three is really the implementation, making this last you a lifetime, dealing with plateaus. If you were to fall off the wagon, how do you get back on track? Very specifically building your plan B for busy seasons and so on. So it's a lot more clear what are you getting in each of those three milestones, but also a little shorter. You're, you get into the same destination, but a, a shorter and more efficient experience, if that makes sense. Totally, totally. And I don't know if you've done any studying on course design, but I got to tell you that magic number of three milestones and nine actions is a is a real thing. I don't I don't know yeah. the science behind it, but I've heard it from multiple people that there is something said about one having something built with odd numbers. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yes. having those those three like stages or phases to your program and then breaking it down into, you know, those, those um, most meaningful little objectives or milestones that people can meet. So I'm excited to go in and, <laughs> and check it out. I I know I want to get back into the program and you and I had a chat about that before we hit record. There is something that's come up for me when you were talking about that week seven and week eight, I was that person, the exact person (laughs) you're talking about. And while I know that there was some sustainability things, I think in module 11 or 12, like towards the end there, I really didn't even get too far past that. And I still had tons of success. So even though I didn't, I wasn't, I was the one that kind of got stuck in the middle. I was still super pleased with the progress that I had made and the lifestyle changes that I was implementing. Things sometimes get in the way and I'm not a, I'm not perfect at it, but I <laughs> did find it to be exactly what I needed at the time. So I'm I'm excited to go back and revisit it in the new way that it's being yeah. presented. And I <laughs> I think what you're demonstrating here is something that more people need to be really like focused on. It's not about adding more content. I mean, you did say that you've changed up some things in the sense that you've just made sure it's the most current, most relevant information possible, but you've actually condensed it in a, yeah. but in a very <laughs> intentional way. And so I think sometimes yeah. we're constant people are constantly just adding content to their courses to add more value or more perceived value. And that can actually um, be a detriment to the, exactly. to the person going through it. I think information, um, like maybe like a version one of a program information feels like value, right? But what really people want is transformation. So if I can get you to the same or better and goal, 
with half of the amount of effort, I think that's way more valuable, <laughs> right? But I think for me, the journey was I needed to give him a little bit extra information to really assess what was really required? What are people really getting out of this? Or, you know, what is good to know, but not necessary to know, right? And and really curating it down a bit. And I've done some since this revision studies on outcome-based education. And what I've used from those, you know, trainings that I've done for myself is if I wanted to get to this point, so each milestone before I start building curriculum now, I look and I ask myself, where is my, say, in this case, you, for example, where is Tracy? Uh, what is she doing, being and having? And where do I want her to get after this is completed? And how can I assess or give you tools to assess that you've done and ac- accomplish those things, right? So that's very much like a different focus. I'm building almost like reverse engineering my own work, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, yeah. To kind of get you there. And the other thing too, Teresa, I was going to add, to answer fully your question. So that first part of the milestone re- rearranging is one major thing. But the second major change I'm doing is before, as you mentioned, every module was broken down into the mindset component, the hormone, the science component, and the actions was more the food component. And even though I, I liked that because it was easy to organize it in my mind, <laughs> you know, what I was talking about. I, we noticed from looking in the portal that a lot of the mindset lessons were not implemented as much as the food lessons, right? And the problem with that is very much what we talked about, that if all you're learning is a new strategy, it's very hard to maintain it long-term. So now, instead of separating it that way, I basically weaved the mindset throughout everything. <laughs> so in a way, nobody can escape it anymore. Um, but it's <laughs> but it's done in a more maybe grounded, applicable way. So you're not as aware is this is the mindset lesson, is this is the hormone lesson. Like I'm just, you know, you're getting the whole experience throughout the topics as it progresses. So that was the other big change that I implemented as well to try making mindset, which for some women was maybe a little too scary, a lot more approachable because by the time they notice you're doing it as opposed to you know, having that, oh my gosh, I need to watch a mindset video right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't it true that we often skip the things that we need the most yes. <laughs> and mindset work is, is, you know, pretty much a staple now in most really good high quality programs, especially when it comes to changing human behavior, there's yeah. always room for mindset shifts and eliminating those beliefs that might be getting in the way or self-sabotaging. But yeah. I was that exact person. Like I did watch <laughs> the videos. I w- I did watch the mindset videos and I always learned and I always, I still hear some of the things that you've said in the videos as well as in coaching calls. I do hear that. Like I hear you kind of like a little angel on my shoulder sometimes. <laughs> Thank you. But I didn't take the action to actually do a lot of the exercises because you were giving opportunity for feedback. You could you know, jot down your thoughts, do some journaling reflection and send it in. And I didn't do that. So, and I'm an action taker. I'm a busy (laughs) woman though. Like I'm a busy lady and that's not really an excuse, but I can see what you're saying about it being an easy step that people would skip because I took in information, but I didn't necessarily take action on that piece. But I did take 
every single action related to reorganizing my kitchen cupboards and and making different healthy choices for brands and also for just building out my menu and my meal planning and things like that. I took all of those actions. So you were wise to make that (laughs) change. Although I I wouldn't say that I thought that the way it was before was wrong. That wasn't necessarily wrong. But what you did was you took the actions, like you evaluated the actions of your audience to make a decision to change it. And I think that's really important. Because the mindset portion, unfortunately, it can like it doesn't really yield the results if it stays on a theoretical, logical side. Like it has to implement more on an emotional capacity as well, if that makes sense. And the exercise, the activities are really designed to make us feel what our minds can think, right? So it's just like making that connection really between how we think. And a lot of women, I think, don't even perceive how much of a block those limiting beliefs and self-sabotaging habits really are, right? So I think if we knew that that truly is the key to unlock exactly what we want, we may potentially approach it a bit differently. And that's part of the intention that I have of being a little bit more clear about how important it is to take action on some of those areas, right? So that's kind of part of that. And with that said as well, what I've also done is that I changed the coaching calls to, I call them the master your mind calls. So now the focus of the coaching calls is not about teaching like it was before when I was, you know, putting some of the band-aids. Now there's a theme per call and it's one mindset theme. And I pick the theme based on the questions being submitted. So I'm just giving some new perspectives. And then we go straight into mindset coaching for anybody to submit it. And then we open the room. So anybody that's attending the call live and the conversations have been really rich and really special, but it's very much focused on what I perceive to be the most difficult part of the journey, which is the personal (laughs) development, human behavior, mindset transformation. So that was a cool shift as well in the life component as well. I always really learn so much from your calls <laughs> and, you know, just the repetition that you built into your content yeah, was really key to my success. Like hearing what I might've listened to in the portal, even though when you have your calls, different people were at different stages of the program when they would yes. come on the call. I, that was still very helpful to hear where other people were, whether they were just starting or whether they were a little bit further down from where I was. But definitely having that repetition is key. And I think that is also a missing element in a lot of courses is we're in such a rush to kind of get to the end that sometimes we Mm -hmm. miss the opportunities for whatever our key messages are. So, I mean, I have a a job in nonprofit and we have, I would say if I wrote down what our key messages are, there's probably three really key things that I want everyone to know for the last five years about the work that we do, the why we do it and the impact that we're trying to make in the world. Right. And so, but I never, there's people that need to hear those key messages over and over again for them to really like have them sink in, (laughs) call it the light bulb moment, call it whatever you want. But I did really notice that about your program that there was, and you know, I haven't experimented yet with the, the new program, but I imagine it's going to be as good, if not better, 
that you wove all of that repetition in, in a way that didn't feel like you were beating us over the head with it, but you were gently reminding us of things that would help make connections to what we learned last week to what we're going to learn next week and beyond. So yeah. Yeah, kind of creating those good. little bridges, right? I do yes. have, especially for the second version, like a page and a half of those core points that I want to keep bringing back into different contexts and into different areas. So I actually did that as well as part of the, you know, thinking of the whole foundation before start releasing the modules again, so that it's not just adding more and more and more, right? But it's just the going deeper instead of wider, if that makes sense, uh, to really implement, like you said, make that piece of information become knowledge and then that knowledge become action, right? Otherwise, it's just a bunch of information and people may take 1%, 2% of it and and I want the program to be a lot more implemented while at the same time, very much like you said, I think is important. It doesn't have to be perfect. Like nobody has to do it perfectly to get results. Like we all can go through the journey very differently. And I think that's what I like about it. It's very unique to your needs and we all have different needs and we all have different levels of intensity that we want to go through things. And I think it it has enough room still that it can make your own adventure, (laughs) if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I would 100% concur. So what have you learned through this process? Is there anything that you've experienced or wish you knew when you started the process of revamping that you would do differently or anything like just any Julie Juliana isms related <laughs> to the process of course refinement or revising something that was already good right or if not good great that you're just making yeah. better I'd say I would not have changed anything in terms of the sequence of events I think I needed to go through the journey anyways, I think to see, you know, where the blind spots were and what the, you know, areas that, you know, people got stuck a little bit were. So I think that was all great. And I'm, I'm very grateful that I was paying attention enough to every question and the calls. Like I have a lot of tracking behind the scenes that, you know, as a customer, you wouldn't see, but lots and lots of tracking and data and spreadsheets and things like that. So I was always, and I think it's just part of who I am and, you know, quality of the work is my priority. Uh, from a business standpoint, I would say, um, looking back, like I probably wish I had, you know, been a little bit more open about it, you know, in terms of putting the program out there more. I have really spent majority of my focus on internal development of content and education and not as much. So now I'm finally looking to bring people to help with marketing and things like that because I'm just one person. So that would be the only thing and how much time I've taken to get to this point. But again, I wouldn't rush it differently because I'm going at my own pace on my capacity, right? Uh, And I can't compromise quality. That is more important to me. But I think as I put it out there now, I do want to make a bigger impact. And I think that is the only side of maybe going a little bit too slow. I know some people, like you said, put it out there, then they fix it. I wanted something really good out there before I grew it (laughs) to big heights, right? So that would be my only, you know, the speed in which I'm putting it out there is the only thing that I wish was a little quicker, but yeah, but no regrets. Oh, that's great. I'm glad that you have no regrets. And I mean, 
I think there's probably a sweet spot somewhere between maybe <laughs> taking too long to to get to where you are to actually rushing it too much. And yes, but you listened to your own intuition. You lived and did the work based on your values of who you are as a person and what you felt that you really needed in order to put confidently put a product like yours out into the world and it shows it shows and that's why you're here for the second time because (laughs) I think you're probably one of the most intentional course creators that I've had conversations with in a really long time and I'm not dissing anyone else that I've worked with or engaged with in the course creation space but there's just a deep passion and a deep commitment that you have. And that's why you took your time. So not yeah. to beat yourself up too much <laughs> over yeah. that, because I think <laughs> your time is coming. I mean, you've had, you know, I've been inside your program and I know that you've had and lots of different people enroll and people that stay engaged in your community. But I do think you can widen your audience a little bit more. And, yes. and I'm glad to hear that you're ready to really get it marketed and put out into the world in a little bit more of a strategic way. So maybe we'll have to have you back on the podcast to talk about that in six <laughs> months or 12 months. Yeah. You know, because I'm sure there will be some experimenting going on with some marketing strategies. And yeah, when we have people that are creating courses, the course, although that's the piece that I typically help with is the actual creation piece. And I do help a bit mm-hmm. with the refinement process as well for some clients. There's a, still a need for all the business side of it to really make the effort and time and investment in it worthwhile. So it's not mm-hmm. my area of expertise. <laughs> I love talking to people that have, you know, put themselves out there. So we'll have you back on for sure. And that means we're putting out to the universe that everything that you do is going to spin some gold for you. And you're <laughs> going you. to be able to bring us back some awesome secrets. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm actually working on building two, what I call like more unique marketing strategies anyways, for compared to I've been studying all the strategies for quite some time now and, you know, seeing what resonates and feels true to me. And I am just I think maybe it's the the type of women that I work with that I don't believe that just like the cold outreach and messaging people, hey, do you want to lose weight with me? Like that's just not, you know, the women that I work with and it's not just how I operate. So it was really finding what are the strategies to now scale the program that are incongruency and integrity with how I like to buy, with how I like to learn, <laughs> you know. So that's what I've been really looking at and I did spend a lot of time last year with my book right and the writing and the publishing and all of that like it it took a solid like once the book was like you know pretty much done a solid six months getting the book to a physical copy in people's hands uh, took a lot of energy so now I'm really looking to leverage the book as a way for women to really find me in in the program and that is part of it and the other side of it really using my podcast, that Confidence From Within podcast that been around for two and a half years and we are growing and, you know, in 55 countries now, which is exciting as the second strategy to bring people to learn about the program. So those are the two that hopefully we can talk about in the future after I test them and, and have more information to share. 
Yeah, looking forward to that. So speaking about your podcast, what is the best way for people to actually get in touch with you or to follow you and learn more about the work that you're doing? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Tracy. So the podcast itself, the best way to you know, go through it. I'm currently in the process of launching a special event in my podcast. So if they go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash confidence in there, they're going to be able to really see um, like what we're all about and what we're doing. But basically what I'm doing is a three-part episode. And we're really going to take you through this entire journey of finding your confidence, really loving what you see in the mirror and that through the release journey that that's very much the basis of the program. So we're taking you through this journey through the podcast by going to that link. You can join and be part of it. And also um, as people register for the event, we're giving them a nice little you know gift of some of our sponsors. So we're making something really special for it. Uh, so yeah, so that will be the link to reach out and in there you can learn more about the show and really you know see if this is the type of like very much like you described you see the type of information that resonates not just because of the focus on mindset but also anybody listening that is over 40 that's very much specifically what the strategies are so it's not just weight laws with mindset on it it's very much designed for women in midlife just to have the strategies match what you need in this phase in your life hormonally in terms of food, but also the emotional support. Yeah. So that'll be the best place. And on Instagram as well, I'm at, at naturally.joyous. So those would be the two best places to find me. Excellent. I am looking so forward to seeing where your business takes you in the next year. I can't wait to dive back into the programs. So if I needed a little poke, you just gave me more of a poke, you gave me a shove today <laughs> to, to get me back in action and inside the program so I can see what you've created. And I definitely want to have you back on in an, another few months to sort of get your take on the market in the course creation space. And we'll be cheering you on all the way. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It was such a fun conversation and really, you know, talking through all the journey and the process and, and really it's inspiring because you've gone through the program and you know, very specifically, right, what we're talking about, which is even more fun for me. But I think it also shows to me the importance because I know there's different philosophies on this, but I made sure the program has lifetime access to the curriculum so that as you go through the different phases in life and it's time to come back and dive deeper that you can and no extra costs and no, no complications. You just come back. And so with that, I think we have really created this community of deep support that, you know, we are like your wellness team for life, <laughs> uh, at least the life of the program, but hopefully for life. And it's really much part of the design as well. So I'm excited to have you uh, check it up again. Oh, thank you. And I think to the, addition of the monthly opportunity to recommit to the coaching calls, even after you've done the core program is just such a wonderful ad and opportunity to re-engage people in the process and in the content. Because like you said, there's different phases of life that people will be going through or women yeah. in particular will be going through. 
And I think that's definitely one of the things that drew me to you. Although I really didn't know at the time the value that that was going to offer. But I still refer to you as my health coach, even though I'm (laughs) a little bit more removed right now from the program itself. I still see you as my guiding light, my lighthouse. So um, (laughs) I'm, I'm not really, you know, saying that for any other reason other than like deep down, that's how I've feel like I think you're pretty awesome. So oh thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. It's making me feel a little bit mushy and gushy over here. Kind of silly, <laughs> but <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. And I encourage everybody to check out what Juliana's cooked up with her podcast and follow the link below. Thanks everyone for listening. Take care, Juliana. Thank you so much. <laughs>